0: It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break, down. break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson.
1: Well, the Second Amendment is front and center in Virginia today and in Washington State this past weekend and sports gaming bills have officially dropped in the state legislature we'll talk with representative brandon vick of the 18th as he is a sponsor of one of them but first give
0: us your bottom line it's your voice your show call the Legendscasino.com hotline 509-547-1610
1: Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio, 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you would like to get involved, you can also shoot us an email via 610kona.com, bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter as well, at Bottom Line 610 where our poll question for today, if you remove politics from the equation, do you believe we are closer to Dr. King's dream? or farther away from it. At Bottom Line 610 and at 610-K-1-A-Radio, we encourage you to get involved in our poll question for today and want to remind you as well that we'll be coming to you live 10 days from today from the state capitol in Olympia as the Bottom Line road Show goes on another trip. Uh, thanks to Perfection Tire in Kennewick, our good friends there. Kim and company have owned and operated Perfection Tire stores locally, And with a family-friendly environment since 1962, yeah, they survive in the big box era because they value customer service and the ability to treat you like you are one of their family. So make sure when you're in need of tires, stop by Perfection Tire, four locations locally owned in the Tri-Cities. And a big thanks to Kim and Perfection Tire for helping us get to Olympia To broadcast during Tri-Cities Legislative Day on January 30th. Going right to the phones, you're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Or give us a call back when you get an opportunity. So we mentioned last week that there are a pair of bills, one in the House, one in the Senate, that will basically ban the ability to have initiatives or referendums on the ballot in odd years. It'll be up for a public hearing on the 22nd. It will not be in a committee that you can give remote testimony in during the pilot program in the House. So if you want to be able to have your voice heard, you're either going to have to go to Olympia, or what could you do? Well, you could contact the heads, the ranking member and the head of that particular committee. So, um That is about the only way to get some word out is by email, unless you want to ride over uh, and have your voice heard on House Bill 2529. Now, if you're wondering what kind of an impact this may have, well, here are some initiatives and referendums that you never would have been able to vote on had this been in play previously, okay? Okay. We'll go back to Initiative 775 in 2001 that changed the way in-home care worked in Washington State. We definitely would not have had an increase in tobacco taxes in 2001 with Initiative 773. And we wouldn't have had restrictions on property tax increases either that same year with Initiative 747. You'd still be able to smoke indoors because that initiative hit 901 in 2005. Scratch that one off the books. Performance audits in 2005 also came as a result of Initiative 900. 2007 had a couple of resolutions House Joint Resolution 4204, allowing a simple majority for school levies, would have still been a supermajority. We also wouldn't have had the rainy day account created because that was a Senate joint resolution in 2007, 8206. Resolution 71 in 2009, well, that affected domestic partnerships. Ixnay that one. And then four years after the rainy day account was created, the enhanced rainy day account in 2011, which was Senate joint resolution, which enhanced uh, the original 8206 never would have happened. Of course, the Costco bill, the Costco initiative, privatizing liquor sales. That wouldn't have happened either. That was 2011. Initiative 1164 that same year, which affected long-term care. Nope, gone. And the animal trafficking initiative, 1401, that hit in 2015, that would have been gone. Many of those, by the way, left-leaning initiatives that would have been scratched had this been in play any earlier. So that's just a sampling of initiatives that have, that have had a significant, initiatives and resolutions that have had a significant impact in Washington State since the turn of the century that would not have seen the light of day if House Bill... 2529, Senate Bill 6503, would have been in place. And of course, Initiative 976, the cart tabs. We know that one. Um, they want to take away your ability to guide the government. That's really what it is. They want to take away your voice in government and limit it even further than what they've already tried to do. So I would suggest very strongly that you contact those on those committees, the House and the Senate, as to when those bills will be heard so that you can make sure that you protect your voice. And now, granted, this is going to try to uh, tweak the Constitution without amending it in full... So, you know, there's going to be a court challenge here. Back with Representative Brandon Vick after this.
0: Join the show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back to the bottom line with Bob and Ed. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610
1: KONA. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Lots going on on this Martin Luther King Day. Thank you for being a part of it. Rob Francis with you. Ed Dawson taking some time off, and we're going right to the phones. Welcome to the program. Washington State Representative in the House from the 18th District, Clark County. Brandon Vick, good afternoon to you, sir. Appreciate your time today.
2: Hey, good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. So it's been a little bit more than a year since the U.S. Supreme Court said that Sports gambling is something that should be available and open to all 50 states. Now, here we are in the short session in 2020, and we're seeing legislation beginning to drop to address that in Washington. You are the only sponsor um, that I have seen on this particular bill, which uh, I believe the Senate is 6277. I forgot what the House number is. I apologize for that. Um, But did you what what was it that decided um, or that made you decide that now is the time to put forth a bill in the legislature to open up sports gaming in the state
2: sure and thanks for asking and I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head first and foremost that a, a decent amount of time has passed since the Supreme Court made their decision, and uh you know as washingtonians we're going to have to figure out whether or not we we want to act and if so, how um of course our neighbors to the east and to the south have have taken on sports betting to different degrees i mean Oregon the state lottery system runs it and in Idaho it's a little more open um but yeah i thought it was time to have this discussion there uh, there was a bill last year not sponsored by me but uh, that would have allowed it at tribal gaming facilities um probably an appropriate place for sports betting but i i thought the whole time that you know, we haven't had a robust discussion. You know, why haven't we talked about the card rooms and the racetracks? Why haven't we talked about online? Are we meeting our constituents where they want to be met, where they want to gamble, where they want to participate? So that's why I got on this bill. Uh, I am the only sponsor. It would have been nice to have a few uh, few folks jump on, but uh, we can we can handle it. Not a big deal.
1: Now I know in the Senate there are two sponsors, so it 's not like they dramatically increased the amount uh, but the thing I think that 's most interesting in this and there 's been a debate there 's been a battle for quite a few years in the state of Washington between the tribal casinos and what are affection, what are termed card rooms those that do not have what what 's termed electronic gaming right. and we 've seen over the years how the how slot machines and other elements of gambling have definitely benefited the tribal casinos over the uh, what 's called card rooms if this were to this legislation were to be brought forward and i'm sure the lobbying has been certainly significant ever since the supreme court decision came down on both sides if this were to go to this were, bill were to go into law where only the tribal casinos would be able to take advantage of it we basically would be looking at the end of card rooms in the state of washington am i correct
2: you know, I mean, the pressure would definitely increase when you have a, a pretty strict system that only allows you a handful of tables and only allows you to play, you know, blackjack, baccarat, and, and poker and gao I believe. I think they can have poll tabs as well. Uh, obviously, people start seeking out other venues, right? I mean, maybe you want to go where, where the sports book is. Maybe you want to play the machines. Maybe you just want the glitz and the glamour and the, the music and the live entertainment. Uh, you know, the, the competitive advantage does keep to, keep growing, absolutely. You know, and
1: one of the other things, too, Representative Vic, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's this, there's, it doesn't matter whether it's a tribal casino or a card room, there is substantial tax revenue that comes into the state as a result of these operations. So my question has always kind of been, why would you limit the ability for one to be able to enhance revenue to the state coffers at the expense of another?
2: You know, I, I've never been a proponent that the state needs more revenue, but at the same time, if you're going to do it, I think it makes more sense to do it by opening up new avenues of commerce, new avenues of entrepreneurship, rather than, you know, raising taxes on the folks who are already paying taxes. So I think if you did bring in the card rooms, the private sector a little more, definitely it would help the bottom line of the state if you, if you think we need that. If you don't, you might be right too. But um, no, absolutely, I think opening it up does make the most sense. It uh, gives people the avenue to bet at a place and a, and a, and a function and, and maybe even online if that's where they choose to do it. And, uh, and this bill really kind of sets that stage. Um, You know, this bill doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. I've never said that, but at least we should have the debate. We should get out there and, and put the pros and cons on the table. We should do those things that, A, we were elected to do, but, B, we just haven't done to this point in time.
1: We're talking with Representative Brandon Vick, Republican from the 18th Legislative District, who has put forth a bill on the House floor that would legalize sports gambling in the state of Washington. Now, as I was going through the bill, Representative Vick, one of the things that stood out to me, and I want to get a clarification on this, um, in in the collegiate element. Now, we know there won't be any kind of anything below the college level that will be available for anybody to wager on. But did I read the bill correctly where... College programs in Washington State, regardless of whether or not they are playing at home or playing on the road, you would not be able to lay a wager on so you wouldn't be able to wager on the huskies, the cougars, Gonzaga, or anything like that, or did I misread that
2: yeah, I think that's where the bills started um, we've had significant input from our colleges saying that they didn't not only you know didn't want to be involved but they were more concerned about. Uh, the risk that is is levied upon them if that happens. You know, if you have insider information going out, are are there employees being exposed? Are there coaches being exposed? I think, you know, not dealing with some of those uh, potential pitfalls is of interest to them. Um, Obviously, our our betters might have a a different opinion, and and we can continue to address that. But I think that's where um, we kind of started saying, okay, if we're going to go forward, you know, how do we protect the folks in our state from, you know, possibly running up against any improprieties?
1: And that would now, for example, that would say if the Cougars are in a bowl game, that bowl game would not be available to bet on, be it in a actual physical facility or online as well. Correct.
2: Yeah. So the way the bill set up is in order to have an online program or an app or something, you have to have a physical presence here in Washington. So the rules would apply uh, equally to those.
1: Okay, and so any anything where a Washington state collegiate program is involved, you would not be able to lay a wager on that. But on a neighboring state, say, for example, the Oregon Ducks or the Beavers, you would be able to do
2: that. Yeah, as much as I'd like to place my bet for the Cougs, uh, the bill doesn't allow that right now.
1: No, and I understand that. So uh, when do you expect uh, this bill to go into committee, and do you think actually what are your thoughts on getting out of committee and getting to the floor for a full-on debate?
2: You know, it's going to uh, be in committee next week. I don't have the exact date yet, but we're going to have a a hearing day where we run both uh, the bill I've sponsored and then the the version that would allow it to be a tribal casinos only. We're going to, you know, put them up against each other and and see where the the chips fall, pardon the pun. But um, we're going to have a robust conversation. I personally uh, am not sure that 60 days, which is the length of our session this year, is enough time to get it done. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. First is, is any expansion of gambling in Washington state takes a supermajority vote of the legislature. So you need 60 percent. And uh, that's a significantly high hurdle. You need to, you know, get everybody very satisfied with the path you're going on. And, and uh, that puts both parties, political parties at the table. And I think that's, uh, you know, just going to be a high hurdle. There are folks in the legislature who just don't want expansion of gambling. I don't think they're the majority, but they exist. And you got folks that that want to make sure that, uh, you know, maybe there are going to be additional safeguards, maybe, you know, a variety of issues. But I would say 60 days is going to be tough, Uh, not impossible. We're going to fight the fight, but I think uh, it's probably a little optimistic.
1: Representative Brandon Vick, the 18th Legislative District, Uh, we appreciate your time this afternoon, sir. Look forward to talking to you again as the bill moves further down the road.
2: I'll make it happen.
1: Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Representative Brandon Vick from the 18th Legislative District joining us on the program to talk about his piece of legislation and the companion Senate bill that would open up sports gaming in Washington State, uh, not just to tribal casinos, but also to card rooms. The lobbies have been there for quite a few years now uh, to move this forward or get something there. But the lobbies have also been there as well to uh, try and protect interests. I mean, look, we know how big the tribal casinos are in Washington state, and we know the certainly the influence that their lobby has. And we know that the card rooms have been doing what they can to try and keep up, maintain their element of business for a number of years. And when the U.S. Supreme Court ruling came down that opened up sports betting to all 50 states, that certainly was an avenue that they looked at that they would be able to keep pace. You know, I agree with Representative Vick. If you are going to have an expansion of gambling and you know that there are people out there that are going to look at taking advantage of this, that you don't limit it. I mean, that's one of the things that when you're looking at it, and I know he said he, you know, talked about the revenue side, but let's face it. The way you expand the revenue is you allow it to happen at any place that has a legal ability to conduct gambling. If you're in favor of it, you know, me personally, I don't have a problem with it. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If it's something you choose to do, you're above age, you're legal, you do it responsibly. Okay. Now we do know there are acts out there that not everybody does responsibly, but that's where personal choice and and many other things come into play. Um, You know, if you really want to look at where sports is is deep and popular and everything else and and reasons why sports has become what it has become, gambling's a part of it. It really is. Gambling is a part of it. All you have to do is, is look at the numbers that come in in Las Vegas around the Super Bowl and March Madness and all these other times of the year when people are following sports, investing in sports, and they are looking to win money. Off sports. So if it does have the ability to make its way, get that supermajority and become a part of Washington State following the guidelines that are in there. And I know there are some in, in the audience that may be upset that you can't bet on the Apple Cup, but I actually think that's the best course of action. We've seen enough scandals in in college athletics involving betting and gaming that we don't need to have college athletes, student athletes, at the risk of any temptation, nor their coaches, nor anybody affiliated with the athletic departments at all, in any way, shape, or form, tempted to blur any kind of a line that exists. No question at all. I think it's the right move to exempt any college athletic program in the state and so that would leave you the ability: Seahawks, Mariners, NHL team. You would be able to do all of those. There's your options. Going to go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio Six Give us a call back if you want. Five four seven one six ten. Though I wonder because one of the one of the uh, the aspects, and maybe I'll I'll, I'll try and get a. Try and get a a thought on this from, from a couple people more closely associated with this particular sport. But it does say that those that do not receive compensation are not eligible. But what does that do for junior hockey in Washington State? Are they going to be considered the same as high school or college? That would be an interesting thought. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 Kona. Your name, where are you calling from?
3: How you know, Rob? This is Chris from Richland.
1: What's we'll on your mind, Chris? Have you ever
3: known Olympia to pass up on a possible revenue source? Now, I could already see them taxing this. They're going to, you know, they're not going to allow any penny to go by. And as far as that other crazy legislation that's going on, as far as wanting to control our life, liberty, and uh, for, for pursuit of happiness, I'd like to channel my favorite non-politician. Let me tell you something, people. That giant sucking noise you hear and all the good people leaving the state of Washington. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thanks for the call, Chris. (laughs) 547-1610 is the phone number. Going to take a quick break, come back here on the bottom line, Martin Luther King Day. Reminder, our poll question for today is taking out the politics, removing it from the equation. Do you believe we are closer to Dr. King's dream or farther away from it? At bottom line, 610 at 610 a Radio. Get involved in our poll question today, and we are back to discuss, well, the weekend's events regarding 2A. Speak your piece.
0: Call 509 547 1610. More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547 1610, if you'd like to get involved. If you're going through a rough patch, namely, Going through a divorce, the end of a long-term relationship. You know there's a lot of assets that are going to need to be divided. You're going to have to come up with a parenting plan, maybe pay alimony, talk about child support. Talk to Skyview Law. They're the experts in family law in the Tri-Cities. They've got over 10 years of experience. The office is on George Washington Way in Richland. You can visit their website at skyviewlaw.com to find out how you can get a free case review, a free consultation with Jared and his team. You don't want to go down this by yourself. You don't want to do it, especially if you don't have the knowledge that's required to try and make sure that you get to hang on to as much as you can Split things fairly, split things evenly, create a parenting plan, go through all those steps that you really do need a lawyer for. Contact Jared and his team, Skyview Law, the office on George Washington Way in Richland, or visit the website skyviewlaw.com and put the experts in family law to work for you. 547-1610, if you want to get involved, also email 610 k one com. bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter as well, at bottom line 610. So it's been an interesting weekend. Uh, around the country when it comes to the Second Amendment. If you think you're under attack in Washington State as a gun owner, Virginia, well, it's not often anybody outdoes Washington State on that rank, but Virginia is definitely doing it. Today, there were thousands, I mean tens of thousands, in attendance at Virginia's Capitol for a rally to protest the restrictions that are going on in that state. In fact, it's gotten to such a degree that the state of West Virginia, one of the senators in the state of West Virginia, went back and did a little bit of research on Virginia and West Virginia parting ways uh, during the Civil War or around the time of the Civil War. And it was discovered that there were two counties that were invited to join West Virginia when they broke that did not accept the invitation at that time. But a Supreme Court decision that came in 1870 said that the invitation for those two counties to join West Virginia was valid and was still extended. And so the state of West Virginia is trying to entice one of these counties that borders five towns in West Virginia to jump ship and join the state of West Virginia and leave Virginia over what's going on with Ralph Northam and the legislature in Virginia. Um, now, there are a number of bills that are being looked at in the state legislature here. that would limit your Second Amendment rights if passed. There was a rally in Richland, I believe, over the weekend where there were people in attendance to protest these pieces of legislation and have their voices heard. And, you know, the Second Amendment, the the bills that we see in different legislatures looking to um, impose more restrictions upon the Second Amendment, It's it's very interesting because there are a few things in the Constitution to where the federal government says yes, And it gives states the ability to wrangle as long as it doesn't outright ban. Um, First thing that comes to mind is something along those lines is abortion. Many states have put in a number of restrictions, but as long as they don't outright ban it, you've seen a number of those restrictions upheld in the court system. Some that have been implemented in Washington state have withstood a challenge 1639 is still going through that challenge process for a number of different reasons because it it's an overreach in many ways but those that are concerned and and this is the one interesting thing about about the second amendment is I think there are there are less people that truly understand what the rights are under the Second Amendment, particularly on the heels of the Second Circuit Court's decision a few years back out of Washington D.C., versus what they think their rights are under the Second Amendment. And what I mean by that is, if if you go on social media, which is the land of the completely of of the most for the most part uninformed. Um, You'll see people turning around and saying, well, you have to be a member of a militia. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have to be a member of a militia or anything like that in order to have the right to bear arms. And the Second Circuit Court, District Court, upheld that decision a few years back. You don't have to be a member of a state militia because, in all honesty... Um, most of those state militias wound up transforming into state National Guard. Uh, so you don't have to be a member. Yes, there are still militias that exist, but they are not necessarily state-sanctioned. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way, but they are not in the serv- necessarily in the service to the state, but they are there as a line of defense in case something were to occur. Now you don't I, don't I don't know how many how many people have seen stories of militias going crazy, but I can tell you that I haven't seen very many, if any at all. So it's it's not something to where those who want to see more gun restrictions are able to point and go, well, this is the only way you're allowed to own a gun. This is the only way you're allowed to own a gun. This is the only kind of gun you can own. No. No, it's not. But the reason why you've seen so many things and so many different pieces of legislation pointed directly at the Second Amendment is because the Second Amendment doesn't necessarily get into specifics. And what I mean by that is it doesn't tell you the kind of gun you can and can't own. It doesn't tell you who does and does not have the right to bear arms, except for U.S. citizens, those protected under the Constitution. So when you've got something that's broad, many people that don't agree with it try to limit the broadness of its scope. And many states have been successful in doing that with, the, you know, many of those pieces of legislation withstanding challenges. But we're at a different point now where it is getting to such a degree that anything that has to do with a firearm, And personal ownership is coming under attack. And I think most people that understand our history and most people that understand the importance of the Second Amendment... They're not looking at these challenges lightly Um, because each time another one gains hold, it opens up a new ability to go after something else. Um, You know, Virginia, interestingly enough, has really gone after The Second Amendment to such a degree that it's mind boggling, especially with the amount of government employees that live in Virginia and who have to carry guns on a regular basis. But Virginia also, and and we'll pick this up after we go to the phones. But Virginia also has some sanctuary cities, and in an attempt to protect the Second Amendment, they refuse this. But we'll get into it after we go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line news radio 610 KOA. Your name, where are you calling from?
3: Oh, Sparky
4: from Utica. What's up, Sparky? Hey, uh, I think I think uh, it's worse only because you know, the Dr. King thing, your, your poll question thing if you took out the the drugs and the gangs uh, it'd be a lot better and it, i suppose it depends on what area you live in but we never had i was in chicago in 68 when king was killed and cicero was a mess but uh, it's like they forgot what what he said a lot of people forgot what he said but but yeah if you if you didn't have the dr- drugs and the gangs that we got now today i would say it'd be it's better but it's, uh, it's not good. And look at Chicago. Look at all the black-on-black uh, killings that are going on. Okay, I'll let you go.
1: Thanks for the call, Sparky. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. 1610 if you want to get involved. Um, with, with all the attacks in Virginia that are going on with the Second Amendment, um, there's been an attempt in the state to create sanctuary cities and counties for the Second Amendment. And they were denied. Sanctuary counties to protect those not in the country legally are not being challenged in the state of Virginia. But the 20-some counties that wanted to Make themselves sanctuary cities, counties from these Second Amendment laws. We're told that they're not able to do so. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio six ten K one A. Your name, where are you calling from?
5: Hey Rob, it's Joe. I'm over by Boardman.
1: What's going on, Joe?
5: So you know, my son and I have been discussing this Virginia thing at length for a while. Uh, it bothers me tremendously, and and uh, I listen to all the. Uh, the pundits who seem to know what they're talking about, obviously, because they tell us that we're not smart enough to understand. But they tell us that these laws are to protect people. And my son and I, as I said, we've discussed this. These laws aren't about protecting people. They're about chipping away at our rights. And I try to get people to understand, listen, if you you give in to this law and you let them take guns away from people, what's the next one they're going to take? At some point, you're not going to be able to stand up and protest because they will have taken that right away from you. You can't do that, peaceably assemble, and petition the government for redress of grievances because you can't back up what you're saying because they've taken the ability to defend yourself away, and now they've taken your speech away from you, and then it'll be your freedom of travel without special papers. I said this will sound terrible, but when you look back in history, what did Hitler and Stalin both do? They did exactly these same things, one at a time. And I'm not saying that's our people here are doing that, but it's the process. Once you get one, you go for the next one. And once you get that one, you go for the next one. And pretty soon you've got that whole process in place. So it's not always just about the gun, Rob. It's it's about the freedom that we enjoy as citizens in this country, the right to do certain things. If you give up one, you've lost them all.
1: Thanks for the call, Joe. Appreciate it. And you're right. It's not just about the gun. The gun is the symbol. The gun is the material element. But the other part of this, too, and and, and where I will put in to this that the the, the gun is a part of it, is you lose the ability to defend yourself with that that particular weapon. Uh, Guess who isn't going to lose their ability to do it? And that is the criminal. The criminal will not care about the gun law, so what you will be doing is you will be exposing millions of people and you will be putting millions of people at personal risk for prohibiting them from being able to own a gun. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Rock from Wash or Pasco. What's on your mind, Rock?
4: Well, I was going to say, if you read the Second Amendment, it does say a well well-regul- well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So that means there's two different things there. They're talking about a militia being required to the or security of a state, and then there's a comma. Yep. And then it starts up another thing. The right of the people didn't say the right of the militia. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms comma, shall not be infringed. So that means the militia shall not be infringed and the right of the people to keep and bear arms. And if they want to say, well, they weren't talking about AR-15s, there was a puckle gun back then. There were cannons back then. They said, you have the right
1: to have whatever it is to, for your security. And you know what that passage also explains to us, Rock? That What's the, that? That the Oxford comma is the greatest punctuation mark we've ever had. Yes, sir. Because Thank you so much, and you have a great night. You got it. You as well, because that Oxford comma is what makes the distinction. Absolutely 100%. But back to the aspect of, of 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 what Joe mentioned about the gun not necessarily being. In a way, it is, because it takes away your ability to protect yourself. And the gun is the being in and the, and the ways by they want to take it away from law-abiding individuals or make it increasingly difficult for law-abiding individuals to protect themselves. Because we know criminals don't care. They will get a gun. They will use a gun. And then when they get arrested with a gun, people will complain about, oh, gun violence. We have to do more to crack down on the guns. Well, here's what they're doing. They're cracking down on on law-abiding citizens. They're not cracking down on criminals. They are not cracking down on criminals. They are cracking down on law-abiding citizens. If you want to crack down on criminals, you increase the penalties. You make the penalties harsher. But that would, again, go against the other aspect that we're seeing today with many in power in in the Democrat Party, and that is we want people out of jail. We don't want people spending as much time in jail because that's counterproductive. So you want to take guns away and, and limit the ability for people to legally own and protect themselves. Not increase penalties against criminals, but you're going to allow criminals to basically still get their hands on these and wreak havoc. And you're not going to increase the penalties for them. So really, who is it that's going to take it? It's going to be the law-abiding citizen. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio six hundred and ten KONA. Your name? Where are you calling from?
4: Sorry, Rock from Pasco again. I forgot the second part that I was going to say, saying that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to. The weapons of today is like saying the First Amendment doesn't apply to computers and stuff. It only applies to pen and parchment paper.
1: Though it is, it is interesting that we have seen, Rock, attempts to take the First Amendment and apply it differently to social media, the Internet, and things like that.
4: Right. If they take our Second Amendment, they're going to take our First Amendment. Because that's the only way they could take it.
1: Got it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Going to go right back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 Kona. Your name, where are you calling from?
3: It's Bill from Walla
1: What's on your mind?
3: Hey, with the, with the taking of the guns and all, the, all this going on, I think it's all kind of part of the same thing. It seems like a couple hundred years ago, for the first time, there was a government set up that the wealth and the property and the power actually benefited the people. Any other uh, government in the world throughout history, it seems, it all goes back to the king. And the king gives the people whatever they think that they need. The king can be a parliament or whatever, but everything's filtered through the top. And then no matter what you do for a living, uh, it all comes back down. I think it's the only time in history that it's ever been experimented like it has here. And with the people being able to trade freely, it exploded to what it is now with all the restraints on the free trade and the freedom of the people, it's still the most powerful economic engine in the world, and we're the most free people in the world. I think the king wants it back, and I think right now we're taxed to the point, we may not realize it, but by the time they they take it in all the ways that they take, it, we're taxed almost to the limit now, we can't make so much money. So when they start taking away these freedoms, like the guns and that If they want to get rid of the guns, you see, there is a way to do that by amending the Constitution. But again, it puts the power in the hands of the people to do that. And they don't want that anymore. So So, they're going to change it their way. And I think all that speaks to the same thing.
1: Thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. Back to wrap up the bottom line, this Martin Luther King Day after this.
0: Online. The only place that cares what you think. Call in now. 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Just a final few moments here near Martin Luther King Day. Got a couple of emails to share with you. James in Kennewick said it saddens me to hear that citizens of the greatest nation on God's green earth have to ask their government to allow sanctuary status for a right they already possess. I fear next we'll have to ask for the right to speak as we wish, gather where we wish, and worship as we wish. And Dean Kennewick said when the Second Amendment was drawn, every adult male citizen was a member of the militia. Thanks for the emails, guys. Appreciate it. A reminder, our poll question for today at Bottom Line 610 and at 610-KONA Radio, removing politics from the equation. Do you believe we are closer to Dr. King's dream or farther away from it? this is Martin Luther King Day, we remember the slain civil rights leader and his contribution to how we, I believe, have grown as a country thanks to his existence and his passion and his desire to see the words all men created equal put into application across the board. That'll do it for today's bottom line. Tomorrow, make sure you join us as we will hear from a member of our state house to get you caught up on the goings-on on the state floor. Talked a little bit about a couple of bills today. We'll have certainly more information for you to discuss as the session is in its second week. And let's just say concerns have arisen throughout regarding not just the gun bills, but capital gains, slash income tax. In some ways, it is a tough time to be a Washingtonian, but that's why we're here, to keep you abreast of it all and make sure you know how and where to make your voice heard. The Afternoon Report is coming your way next.